The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, we're recording this on November 1st, that means Halloween just passed, uh, what were your... Uh, what were your thoughts on the uh, big uh, Halloween show that you just had on uh, Sunday night? <coughs> well, um, I'm glad to say that the Halloween gimmick battle royal was not an embarrassment. Uh, that's the main uh, focus uh, on that event. Uh, we had far more younger students yeah. ever. Uh Robbie Litt, Dante King, they were the only guys who really had more than four months, six months of actual wrestling matches under their belt. And I've been a part of some uh, pathetically embarrassing battle royals. I remember we did one at the Silver Nugget back in the day, and it still, thankfully, is the worst battle royal I've ever seen in my entire life. And it ended up having good people in it. Uh, Dom Dom Vitale was in it. Uh, uh, his, his old partner, I forgot his name, Frenchie Riviera, he was in it. And we had some other younger guys. It was just pitiful. And, you know, this one went by. It went by quick enough. And uh, no harm, no foul. You know, it was fun for everybody involved. Uh and then we had matches, and, you know, I have to look back, but I don't remember a Halloween show that stacked with yeah. matches that we had on it. So, you know, overall it helped, you know, add a little uh, substance to what's happening at Luck of the Draw. You know, we put some things in there that led – or will lead into so it continued a little bit of a storyline instead of just a, a one-off, especially since because of the the way it ran, we didn't really have time to put another show. Right. So you know we were contemplating doing a show this week, but it would have probably been a future shock. So it's like now we have three strong weeks to promote luck of the draw, and you know we got everything in place. We got most of the flyers out. Uh, we added a couple of matches, so I, I think it served its purpose. You know, Limelight and Graves was real good. Hero Lou, once again, looking tremendous. So, you know, the, the pieces are put in place as we, you know, get ready for our last casino show of the year, you know, and it's a big one. And then two months later, we come back with one of our biggest casino shows of the year so it's uh you know good things are happening and you know we might squeeze in 
another show in December, and we're looking to do a charity show that we usually do our uh, toy drive on the December 16th, finalizing that. But, you know, I, I think everything went well. Again, you know, could the crowd have been better? Absolutely. And, and, and that's the biggest... That's the biggest hurdle that I'm looking at for 2024. I want to make sure we got, we get people, you know, uh, good crowds are fine. I, I want great crowds and, you know, we will see generally our rumble show is very well attended. So if we come out with another flat performance, I guess you could say, I, I'll be extremely disappointed and have to, you know, go to the drawing board and see what it is to, to make sure we can get to those peak numbers that, you know, we've had sporadically throughout the year. We've had some really big shows. Silverton, the anniversary show, did really well. Last year, the, you know, the AEW weekend uh, drew really well. And No Escape drew really well. So, you know, we got a as I said, it's a very transient town and, and maybe uh, we've lacked and and just basically relied, which I know we have. We relied on the social media presence and the fan page and the emails from people who bought the tickets. But what about the people that are new to Vegas? Uh, you know, a lot of people move from California. Are they aware? You know, I was talking to RBJ yesterday and he goes, yeah, I was on the strip and blah, blah, blah. And I started talking to some people and, you know, they've been around for three, four years and they didn't know of FSW. And, you know, it's that catch 22. You're saving money on marketing because there's so many other ways to reach out by not putting on a commercial on raw and not, you know, running the billboards. And, and maybe that's what it's going to take. Make people aware of what we're doing and make sure there's people on the show that can enhance that way when they see some of our tremendous talent, they'll be like, oh shit, wow, this is really good stuff. Because there's always a misconception about independent wrestling. Right. And if you haven't been a part of it, you know, it's the same saying. If we can get you to come to a show, I think we can make you a fan. But you have to A, be aware of the show and be willing to take a shot to go to a show where in most cases you're not going to know who any of the participants are. So, you know, with, with the resurgence of AEW and maybe some of those guys on there, uh, and AEW weekend again, you know, maybe we really uh, try to push things to, to see what's up and, and try to get to those, pre-pandemic numbers that were way more consistent and you know we could do seven or eight hundred on a on a good show instead of doing 500 on a good show um that that begs this question which is um do you think that not being at samstown has had a little bit of an effect on that being that you know silver nugget it's a you know a little bit more a little bit more out um also not in the best area um not that sandstown's in a great area uh but it, do, does location have a little bit to do with people might not want to uh 
you know, make a travel. You know, uh, definitely a little bit. The difference is when we're out with the Silverton, uh, we were on a marquee that went on a highway that tens of thousands of cars passed every day. Right. And the fact of the matter is, we were because of the issues there, we were barely up for a week, but it was still a week. You know, at right. Samstown, where we were usually there two or three weeks on the rotation system, there's thousands of people on Boulder Highway that are going to see it. So you want as many people to know about something as possible. So I have to believe more people might be aware of it. At the Silver Nugget, we're running into the issue where, okay, the casino's closed. And it isn't like, you know, I heard the marquee's blank. It's like, well... You'd think at least it would be on the marquee something simple as Hefe Hefe Bed Event Center is still open. Right. Instead of when you drive by there, it looks like it's closed. The event center's behind it. So the people who know there's a show and our fan base, great. Now, what about somebody who was going to drive by or go into the casino, and that's how they became aware of the show? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it can't help. Now, the question becomes, is it 5%? Is it 20%? Is it 1%? We don't right. know. But it, it is an uphill battle about trying to get people because I was getting messages from people that are regulars at our show that I tell them the show's on and they're like, is the show still on two days before last time? Mm. Because I buy there and there's no way to assume that right. there's an event running. You know, the day of they put up some stuff, Hey, FSW around the corner, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> How many people aren't just driving, seeing that it's closed and keep going instead of putting in, to look for a sign on the door that says FSW wrestling is around back where the event center is. Yeah. So, you, you know, you, you don't know. And I haven't had a lot of communication, but I know when I'm supposed to meet the lady from silver nugget, I got to go to the other casino that they, uh, they run the, the company. So I'm like, Oh, you guys renovated. Oh, they're still planning. I'm still planning. That's four months later. And they're still in a planning stage because I had heard that they were talking about re-renovating it anyway. And after the uh, issues happened, it was like, well, why, why fix certain things to get it open to re-renovate it again? It, it definitely needs right. an overhaul. Anybody who's been there knows that. So, you know, it took them three years to open the bowling alley after the pandemic. Right. Yeah, you know, so you never know. It was like when I was driving to Samstown for the New Japan to see some people. I drove by the East Side Cannery, and it was like, oh, I guess this place ain't open either. So, no idea that yeah. it wasn't open. But because again, if you don't go there, other than if there was an event, then why would you know? You you know, I assume everything's open unless you hear it on the news, and it was like, yeah, the fiestas are closed. Okay. But, you know, when you map quest Silver Nugget, 
and three days before the show, it says it's closed. Well, when we advertise, we're we're advertising we're at the Silver Nugget Casino. Right. So, well, the Silver Nugget Casino is closed. Right. Not everybody's going to go in-depth and, you know, be, be uh, Sherlock Holmes to make sure that even though the place is closed, we're still running a show there. You know, it, right. it's a complicated situation. So it's definitely not good. Um, you know, you, you said the strip. Um, has there any has has any of the younger guys or, or any of the guys um, shown any uh, interest in potentially, let's say, the two days before? Um, and, and of course, guys are, are busy, but, you know, people who have time um, getting out to maybe some of the clubs or, you know, some of the um, uh, the bars, stuff that is, you know, stuff that isn't usually um, flyered or hit. Um, it, it has, has there been any type of like thought about, you know, trying to put in a, uh, get the guys to put in some kind of uh, effort into trying to, um, make people aware within the, you know, two days or before, um, who, you know, might be in from out of town on a Friday through, uh, you know, through a Monday. Is, is that something that, and is that something you guys, you guys have done in the past? You know, it's a needle in the haystack, you know, Sure, you could put 500 flyers at Walmart, but 490 don't like wrestling, and out of the 10, you know, you might get one or two, sure. But the city is so big, you have to rely on people, like especially for the younger guys, which we were able to do when, when John Trademark got to be on the show and RBJ and Fox, that they hit up their family and friends to come out and support, and they sold a good amount of tickets, you know, it's hard to find wrestling fans, you know, unless there's an event, you know, we're not, we don't do flyers much anymore, but last year when AEW was in town, we had flyers for AEW weekend because some of the stuff, you know, that was on Wednesday at dynamite, we had people hand out flyers because we were doing shows Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're hitting your entire fan base. And now all of a sudden you got a flyer, and on the flyer you got in a Matt Cardona. Well, we let the year before, you know, there was so much great talent that GCW was bringing in, and we were doing the show at Revolver. So, you know, we had Trey Miguel, we had Mike Bailey, we had uh, Sammy Callahan. We, you know, we had major names on those shows. So if you're an AEW fan and you saw a flyer, you saw a lot of recognizable faces, right? You know, as, as as great as Jacob Austin Young and Remy Marcel and Gregory Sharp, and yeah, maybe a little bit more on a Hammerstone or a Bay, but as good as our talent is, nobody's gonna look in a flyer and be like, "Oh shit, this guy's awesome," because in most cases, they they may not know of them at all or they may have seen them once or twice on fight tv or whatever it was but it isn't like 
Oh, shit, you got Carlito and Masters on the show. Oh, crap, Rhino's on the show. Right. You know, household names make people pay attention. As I've stated, when I've seen people take, not even take the flyer, they just let it fall when you try to hand it to them. Yeah. That, you know, because they're looking at that flyer. And that's why we would incorporate Matt Hardy on our show. Oh, shit, Matt Hardy's on it. Must not be a backyard show. Well, it never was. But you're going to pay attention to Matt fucking Hardy. Right. And in the past, whether it was The Godfather or Jimmy Superfly Snooker or whatever name person we brought in to try to give you an opportunity to come to a show to see people on the rise. You know, in 2009 and 2010, we had guys, Sean Ricker and Brian Cage, you know, on our show. It really is the epitome of future stars of wrestling. And, you know, now when people come into the school or ask questions who don't really know anything about our past, it's like, oh, yeah, we trained Solo Sokoa and Karrion Cross and Zoe Stark. And they look on a wall and it's like, oh, there's L.A. Knight and there's, you know, Jay Vidal or Chris Bay or Zoe Stark and like, wow. And it would be like, well, we didn't train these, but we did train those. And, you know, <clears throat> and, and it's great for the school and it's great for the reputation and all that. But you got to you, you got to get the fans and then you got to keep the fans. And as I said, when you when you have a, a core roster of a, of a lot of the same people over the years, you know, you got to be innovative. You got to change it up. You know, maybe people are tired of certain things. I don't know. But, you know, we're going to see, you know, there's people who only want to come to the casino shows. You know, I got a message today from a guy. I used to go through a lady and her husband used to come all the time. They're kind of working in different places. And I was never able to get in touch with the guy for the bigger shows. And then he just hit me up because I couldn't find him on Facebook. And he was like, hey, you got seven front row for luck of the draw. And it's like, absolutely, you know, but it's, you know, hitting that fan base and, and, and hitting, you know, the fan page that has a few hundred people. Our email, our email list from people who bought tickets through the PayPal and the Eventbrite's over the years. You know, there's close to 500 names and email addresses and you have to keep doing it and you have to keep hustling. You know, we're just not in that position, unfortunately, where, hey, we're going to be at the Silver Nugget. Come see us. And it's like, oh, everybody's just going to go flood to buy tickets. You know, it's great for GCW. They come out once a year. Right. And then they come out for the AEW weekend with us. And, you know, unfortunately, December 10th fell through. Now we're talking about February. But they're also talking about them doing a show February 2nd then going to L.A. the third and then doing the joint show the fourth, which is perfect because it's the week off in between the championship game and the Super Bowl. Right. But the week before, we're looking at January 28th might be no escape. So now we have to make sure we're not oversaturating once again because impact out here on January 14th. Right. We had the 21st or 28th. <clears throat> And it looks like the 21st didn't work for some people. So 
Now we're the 28th. And now, wow, GCW is going to be here the second. And we know there's going to be people that will go to the GCW FSW show and they're hardcore GCW fans. But, hey, if they're going to go to two shows, maybe they go to FSW, GCW, and the GCW, and they don't go to No Escape. You know, those are the little things you got to worry about. You know, money is uh, not as as free as it has been. You know, I'm, right. I you know, talking with Lance Hoyt, talking with people I know, you know, they they work other shows and they've seen it themselves where the draws, the great draws are really good draws. The really good draws are now good draws. It just, it, it isn't the same as it once was. And, you know, but WWE is packing them in. So, Maybe there's certain things we're not doing right. And just because it worked two years ago or three years ago, yeah, it was easy to run a two-night. Wow, we did really well on a two-night anniversary weekend that drew both nights. But the second one didn't draw as much, and we, we blame that on that air conditioning situation. But it was still good. And, you know, there was also the first FSW real big show in in a couple of years so you know people came out in droves so now that it's there and then there's one over there and ricky's running at a taco festival where if you buy if you get into the thing you're going to see some fsw guys and you're just paying for the admission into the event right and that yeah. event runs till five six o'clock are you really going to jet all the way over to our place to see some of the same guys? <clears throat> yeah, some did, but maybe some didn't. Yeah. And there was a show after us and, you know, then there was a no ring show. Not that I think that drew shit never does the circle six. Right. Oh, you know, but it is what it is. There's four or five different options. You want to see somebody carved up. Like a pumpkin, you know, you know, it's Halloween. People want to see somebody carved up. Well, they'll go to a no ring carve you up match where they stick skewers in your head. Not that I have anything against sticking skewers in our head. You know, Remy had it in his match back in the day at FSW GCW. Fans want to see it. So now you literally had five or six shows over a two day period. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, there was a show last night at the Nerd. So yeah, and there was a show last night. Yeah, so yeah, that's it's 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 crazy to think. Well, it's interesting because of the fact that um, wrestling is such a uh, an ebb and flow when it comes to popularity and in, in pop culture, and that's usually when things seem to spike. Um, and we're seeing that right now with, like you said, the WWE is drawing huge numbers uh, as compared to where they were a few years ago. Um, and AEW is drawing way less at right. their events. Right, which, you know, is it's it's interesting. So the, the question is, I think you, you kind of nailed it on the head, and that is um, – how much disposable income do you have and what are you doing with it when it comes to, you know, 
if you have two kids, um, what do you do? Do you choose one event to go to? Do you, you know, maybe go to one at the beginning of the year and one at the end of the year? Um, there's so much in terms of that now. Plus, you know, access like Fight TV um, and especially with Fight Plus now. Um, and then, you know, Peacock, uh, let alone all the, you know, access and, and uh, the Warner Brother Network stuff. There's so much accessibility to content that sometimes the question is, do you even want to leave your house when, you know, you're, you got the stuff right in front of you um, and it's easier, I think, for a 35-year-old, you know, male to, you know, just get up and go to a show, whereas, um, you know, the kids want to see uh, L.A. Knight. You know, they, they want to see him. Um, so it's interesting in, in terms of getting, you know, the parents in the, the mindset of taking kids to a wrestling event so that they can see what it's like live. It's just fascinating how you have to deal with um, <laughs> you know realistically the the idea is it gets more popular if you have more people showing up at events but at the same time I think you said it well the the dollar isn't the same as it used to, you know used to be well you know look at this weekend so Saturday night New Japan runs one show a year in Las Vegas. Right. And Saturday night. And on Saturday night, you got to see Matt Vandegrift. You got to see Danny Limelight. You got to see our tag team champions, Royce and Jarrell. You got to see Jacob Boston Young. And you got to see some great talent from, from Japan on that show. So I'm sitting in the lobby because, you know, I go out there and I, I mingle and I chat. And, you know, I see the FSW crew is working the merchandise area. You know, and then all of a sudden I see, hey, one of our semi-regulars. Then I see another. Hey, you guys coming tomorrow? Oh, yeah, we're going to see, blah, 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 blah. Because now it's like, okay, well, they've already paid not $30 to see the show that we charge. They're probably paying 50 or 60 There's two or three of them. They just spent a couple hundred bucks. Hey, dad's a football fan. The kid likes wrestling, but the kid can stay in his room, watch FSW on Fight Plus, and dad's watching the football game Sunday right. night ball and hey man i'm yeah we're gonna come and it's like yeah you know i'm a little tired you know i've been watching football all day i just saw new japan yesterday yeah we'll just we'll just catch it at home well that person is already paid for their eight dollars a month or, or whatever but now did we and, and i get messages from a few people hey checked out the show blah 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 blah, blah. well Without it being there, there's five, ten, you know, add 20 people. And now it's like, oh, wow, it looks, it looks really crowded. Well, right, it looks okay. So you have to take the good with the bad with fight. You're getting the Brad readers in New York watching the show and people that are watching it. And, and generally we're going to have, you know, if the people who watch the show especially high octanes and stuff we do with arena, you know, that equivalates to 
filling the arena two or three times as many viewers as we get for that show. So sometimes you got to sit back and say, hey, well, what are we trying to accomplish? And it's like you want more people to see the show. So if 50 less people go to the show live, but 500 more people watch it, is that a good thing or not? Does it? But again, does it translate into dollars and cents? You right. know, when we've had stuff, a guy like Brad will, will buy the figures and he and he supports and he's probably got 10 Chris Bay T-shirts and he loves the FSW product. Now, are we getting more people like that? I hope so. You know, to the day that maybe we go to the East Coast to run a show with GCW do we have any, you know, you know, any juice to people are like, okay, well, you know, we talked about it last year about doing stuff. We were talking like, hey, we can do Matt Cardona versus uh, Karrion Cross when he was not part of WWE. And it's no different. Our buddy Sammy Callahan's going to California. And it's like, well, it's Revolver. Well, how, how are they going to really draw Oh, wait, they just announced Ronda Rousey, and she's going to wrestle because she's friends with uh, Marina, and they work together. And, of course, uh, Sammy and and John Moxley are tight. So, of course, John Moxley is going to wrestle on the show. Now, they're going to draw because they're going to go out of this world, and then they're going to mix in a Mike Bailey. He's got a universal appeal. And you got Trey Miguel and Ace Austin and maybe a Bay and, and Sammy. But that's going to be stacked, that show, with guys that are on national TV every right. week. You know, people say, oh, well, Impact, you can barely see it. Yeah, maybe. But people do know who John Moxley is. And having Ronda Rousey in, in California on an independent wrestling show definitely makes that one a can't miss, you know, if you're going to check out a show. And it's on a Thursday night. No competition. Hey, you know, and, and they've, they've not finished adding who they're going to add. So it's like if FSW wanted to go to the showboat in Atlantic City to run a show with GCW, number one, we'd have to do it on a weekend that GCW was already running there because that way people would already be in Atlantic City. And then we'd have to make the, our show special. And that would have to be using guys that aren't FSW guys. It would be guys that are, you know, relevant in the business to where the average fan is going to be like, not looking at it as FSW because a lot of those people aren't going to know what FSW is. But they are going to know Matt Cardona versus Karrion Cross. They are going to know who uh, the Bullet Club are. They are going to know who hopefully Hammerstone is. And then you use the East Coast guys that you've made relationships with, like a Casey Navarro, for example, or guys that are in Florida and it's a cheaper flight because in reality, it would become really expensive to fly 20 main roster FSW guys to New York right, or Jersey. Now, sure, you're gonna you're gonna take your core group, but you, you, you it just wouldn't be financially feasible. 
you know, same same thing when GCW comes to Vegas. They'll use a handful of Vegas guys. They'll use Titus Alexander. They'll use guys on the West Coast instead of using everybody who works the GCW shows on the East Coast. They just want to make sure their main talent's there. So not every time is it going to be where the, the GCW mainstays. Right. Sure, they'll be on there. Yeah, Joey Janela, for example, and that's why we did the match with Hammerstone. Right. But the, not everybody's going to be on that show. And, you know, costs are, you know, a, a major reasoning for why things get done. Oh, why isn't he on the show this year? Oh, why, you know, we were planning on doing Nick Wayne versus Bodie, but Nick Wayne ended up doing a tour of Europe. And right. we forgot to have that match other than in a seminar with EC3 that I believe was never filmed. So, yeah. Um, which brings up the great question. Uh, Las Vegas, UFC, Capital, uh, Ronda Rousey, free agent. Are you bringing her in? Well, you never know. AEW weekend. When there's multiple shows, it may be cost effective because if Sammy Callahan's using, who's to say GCW isn't going to use it? They always stick out of the box. Now, if she's on there, boy, I'd like to see Viva Van and Ronda Rousey. You know, Brady Brooks and Ronda Rousey. I'm sure they'd yeah. love to see those, those matches. Oh, those yeah, shows. they would. You know, just like Maz got, you, you know, you, you got to work uh, the GCW one, Yamashita. Yeah. And, you know, that was a big deal for her. Yeah. You know, they're always looking for that that super matchup, their, their opportunity. And we've been able to do that because the crowds are different. So when GCW's here, a Janela Hammerstone – is probably more exciting at an FSW GCW show than maybe per se at just an FSW show. Just right. like Jay Vidal versus Effie wasn't as big a deal at the FSW show. Right. Disco Inferno and Effie at the FSW GCW show was raucous. Right. Because you had so many GCW fans at that event because they were in town. They made the trip from California. They made well, the trip from Arizona. Let, let, let's face it. You put disco on the card. Everyone wants That's to true. It's a main it. event anywhere. Anywhere. <laughs> you know, still trying, you know, for the 40th anniversary, Disco Inferno versus Alex Wright. You know, we got Wonder Kid back. But yeah, you know, it, 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 it's crazy how different the FSW arena is when we run an FSW GCW show, yeah. then we run an FSW show. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we have to, we have to get into. And how do, how do we get those fans? They're obviously around. They're obviously willing to drive. And I'm not going to believe that every single one of those fans are from California, Arizona, Utah. 
I have to believe there's a good portion of Las Vegas fans that are there. And how do we get them to want to come to our show when GCW is not involved? Right. So, you know, definitely a project to uh, work on. Always, as I say, there's always something. And, you know, let's see if we can turn it up. You know, have a nice run the last last couple of months of the year. Well, you definitely are, uh, like you said, building some stories, uh, you know, coming out of the Halloween show. Uh, and, and you said you do have some, some matches now set up uh, for uh, the 19th. Um, let's start with uh, the luck of the draw itself, the Battle Royal. Obviously, Ice will be defending against the winner. Um, we saw the feast or famine match where uh, Hero Lou won, so he's coming in number 30. Damian Drake coming in number two, technically, since Danny Limelight has proclaimed himself number one. Um, what are your, what are your feelings uh, so far, and uh, who else has been added as of now? Well, Chris Bay announced that he's going to be part of the Rumble. Here's a guy who's won won it twice. Yeah. Hammerstone, who's had a wrestle twice against Chris Bay as champion, is going to be in the match. Shogun's going to be in the match. Uh, Kevin Koa is going to be in the match. Uh, you know, he, he, Dante King's going to be in the match. Uh the Billionaire Boys Club, all three. So depending on where they enter, uh, they can be a factor. Uh, Cruz, Reno, and Class, they will be in the match. Uh, we got some surprises, some names from the past, some former champions uh, that we may just keep as a surprise. Alcatraz, finally? Are we getting Finally, them? you know. I'll give you a hint. You know, uh, somebody who was in a group with Alcatraz. Ah. So, you know, Clutch is going to be in there. I know he's looking for Kenny King. We're waiting for verification on Kenny King and, and who in the faction is going to be in that match. You know, 30 people, it's going to be tough. You know, I was looking at the list, but there are a lot. Graves is now going to be in the match. You know, there's a legitimate 10 to 12 guys. Matt Vandegrift's going to be in the match. Remy Marcel's going to be in the match. So, you know, look at some of the best of the best in FSW, and they will be in the match. You know, I believe three times, yes, from what I looked, three times the winner of, well, Technically not the winner of the Rumble. Graves didn't win the Rumble, but he got the match after they laid out Shogun. He won the title. Chris Bay, the second time he won the Rumble, the first time he lost in 2017. In 2018, he won the Rumble and became the champion. And in 2016, L.A. Knight, then known as Eli Drake, uh, with help from the Reno scum, defeated Karrion Cross after winning the Rumble. To become the heavyweight champion. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of times 
that the winner of the Rumble has gone against all odds and defeated the heavyweight champion. Then everybody's favorite 16-year-old Bodie Young Prodigy is getting finally his rematch with Braxton. The women's title's on the line in a triple threat match with Brittany Brooks, Rochelle Riveter, and Viva Van. Yeah. And, you know, there's going to be a couple others added. So, uh, Jacob Austin Young. Open challenge, right? It may be an open challenge. It may be a luck of the draw. We may we may have a little roulette wheel with maybe five former champions' names on it. <laughs> and, and whoever wins the uh, roulette wheel spin gets to get the match. Le- legit would be all former champions. Legit spin? Yeah. Damn. I'm good with wow. that. All right. That sounds good. Because, you know, that that's something that hit me uh, this morning uh, in thinking about the Rumble itself and, you know, the, the way Rumbles uh, go. I don't know if any company who's run one across this country has ever done it. Um, do, do you think there is a possibility, a chance in hell, that um, a Rumble could be run successfully by legitimately drawing? Sure it can. <laughs> no no one's going into business for themselves, huh? Uh, yeah, you see with the younger ones when we're doing Battle Royals and it's like, you know, some newbie supposed to be one of the first ones out. It's like, why are we in the final five and why is this motherfucker still in the match? <laughs> that person out of there. Yeah, it's just it's uh, it's that that idea of you know how much I think that's one of the things that um, you know fans. I, I, Bateman will be in the Rumble officially. Officially in the Rumble, Blair Brody's in the Rumble. Nice. Uh, how about uh, uh, you know uh, someone like. Uh, Cody, when are we going to see Cody back? Uh, that is an interesting question. I think we will see Cody at Look of the Draw. Okay. <laughs> is his name going to be on that wheel? <laughs> I believe Cody will be at Look of the Draw. <laughs> um. You know, you, you said the, uh, the RBJ word. and Fox, they'll be in there. Oh, they got spots. Nice. J- Jimmy Jack. Oh, hey, can, can we talk about uh, uh, Heather's costume as Jimmy Jack? Oh, is that who she was? <laughs> I was not aware. I mean, for you, what was it like having two Jimmy Jacks in the house doing whatever that funky chicken dance is? Yes. Uh, Well, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Jimmy Jack's the guy that we could market toward the kids, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We need to get like a a Jimmy Jack uh, little buddies. What were they called? Those the the plush yeah wrestling yeah, buddies yeah the plush uh, buddies yes a Jimmy Jack one working on that 
uh, you know, that I, that's money right there. Um, uh, Chase Bell, we're going to see Chase in the. Uh, Chase Bell will be in the uh, in the Rumble. Okay. And then we're finalizing certain spots. Some of the younger guys, you know, I meant to do a, a match, but we were so. It was so filled up, and then all of a sudden, last minute, Anthony Katina was there, so I gave him a pre-show match uh, with Damian Desire. You know, Katina is definitely a real talented guy, and, you know, like what you see. You know, I know Zamaya has actually pitched to be in the Rumble, and uh, watching her, you know, she throws some forearms uh, better than – with a lot more impact than some of the guys. So she can definitely hold her own. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that would be that, you know, uh, that's another, I guess that's another uh, question that, um, I don't think I've ever asked you. And that is, has that crossed your mind, uh, at any point, uh, in doing this for, the number of years you've done it that uh, legitimately a woman a woman could win and face the uh the fsw champion that night yeah you know it was definitely a possibility when uh, a gina mazani who is the real deal uh sure. i remember uh, disco inverno clearing the ring to take out gina mazani and and gina dumped disco so uh i actually I'm pretty sure we'll do it next year, but the plan this year we were trying to do was to do a a 10 or 15 women rumble match where the winner got the shot. And just because of what we had set up, and at the time we thought we were going to be able to get uh, the tag titles with uh, Royce and Jarrell against the Bullet Club, but that didn't work out this time around. But I didn't think we would have it because now if you had the women's rumble, that would be now four matches that were going to be taken. But again, the men's rumble counts as like two and a half matches. Well, now the women's match would be like one and a half. So we'd already be at six matches. There'd only be room for two matches. And that was kind of, and one was the women's match. So it's kind of a wash there, but You know, at that point with only two matches and you got the Nevada State champion and we know we wanted the no limits title to be on the line. And if the tag titles were on the line, we were going to have a four hour show. So, you know, I didn't want to, you know, downgrade the women's thing and just do a battle royal and the women, whoever women's gets the title shot. I would want the, you know, the full match. Yeah because there's enough talented women now that have been working with FSW that we can easily get to 10 to 15. Right. Because, you know, just alone, uh, Amaz, a Rochelle, uh, Brittany Brooks, Gypsy Mack, Zamaya, Alice Blair, uh, Jin Savani, who we've been using, you know, and then there's other handfuls, Zamaya, whether I said her or not, right. but, in California, there's numerous talent that hits me up about trying to get on the shows. And it becomes difficult because, you know, you're trying to get your core 
five or six women on a show, you can't really devote three matches to get all six women on the show and now only have five matches for the 27 guys that you're trying to get on the show. Right. So, you know, in this case, if Zamaya is going to be on the show at Luck of the Draw, the only option is to be in the Rumble. Right. You know, why wouldn't I put her in the Rumble? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know? And, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, because, of course, you know, talking winner, but at the same time, um, you know, the, uh, like you said, she she can hold her own. And with that, um, who's to say that you can't, you know, find something that comes out of that uh, that match where she now has potentially a male opponent for, you know, the next high octane or, or you know, some kind of story drawn out of that. Um, so it's, it's very interesting what a 30 man rumble can actually do potentially for the different storylines and, uh, you know, give you a lot of momentum going, you know, from this casino show to the next casino show. Um, because you have, you know, what about eight weeks in between, I think. Something like that. Uh, eight or nine because we're at the November 19th and it's looking like January 28th right. a week later so I'm going to assume it's eight weeks and then you add one yeah. so we've got nine weeks to now build for no escape which again you know we'd be looking at we always look at to try to get three steel cage matches right. uh, I actually just put in the order because we never had it we would always open the cage and that was the entrance. Right. I actually conversated and we're going to actually have the door in the panel. So we will own the panel and we just rent the cage. So because we did have a cage and, and you know, it got stolen. So, you know, is what it is. It's like the trailer. But, yeah, so now we're going to actually have an open door instead of you have to climb out. Yeah. So, you know, that way it looks like a legitimate steel cage. You know, the, the concept was great, but for whatever reason, when we would rent it from Tiberti, it'd be like the way you see the screen. So it's it was it's meant to be 12 by 6 but we make it six by 12. So the door would come in this way. Right. That way. So you, you know, if, if the door is that way, you, you got to like climb through and there's like no way because right. remember, and I was having this issue myself figuring out how to do it, but then people would have to jump out because when it's like this, it's six feet high, the door. Right. Well, that's fine, except this isn't the WWE steel cage where it sits on the edge of the ring. This sits on the floor. So there's right. six feet, and now there's only going to be three feet standing to where you have to reach for the door. But if you started at six feet, then you have to, like, jump three feet down to get out. So I was like, ah, we'll just leave it the way it is. They can open the door and then just climb through. 
by going underneath. For a second, I was like, oh, you need to set the door at the three-foot mark and go three to nine feet, which would look really weird. So, um, As we kind of uh, look at uh, – we, we're getting close to uh, wrapping up here. Um, you know, you were on commentary, so you got to, to see the, the whole event. Um is there anyone who stuck out to you in which you uh, you were impressed with uh, what they did on uh, the Halloween show? Again, it's like I'm. It's like beating a, a dead horse. But Hero Lou has just really like he was always in really good shape, and now he just seems to be in a different place, and he always wrestled well but he is really standing out as a singles superstar you know i am really liking what i see even in defeat against ice williams he looked like a champion sure his match with shogun he looked like a champion and there's guys you know we've talked about who we look at danny limelight yeah we already know you know he's always he's always gonna bring it him and Graves, you know, I know Limelight has been uh, sporting a little bit of a knee injury, but he beat one of the biggest stars in FSW history, you know, and, you know, he's on his A game. So it's like when you're talking and you're talking about future champions, even though he had his opportunity, I think Hero over the last four months even losing to the FSW heavyweight champion, he has made himself, and I guess you got to credit MK because it seems Ooh. working. Ooh, and that's, that's got to be tough to say those words out loud. Well, you know, the truth is the truth. And no offense, but after Juicy and Toa left MK, and we had the new incarnation of the MK Army. Well, one of them didn't work out too well, and, and Koa was still very, very young. Right. But this time, but now he's gotten a chance to step back, and his improvement has been tremendous. Yeah. And now being there for, for Hero, it's, it's really made them a force to be reckoned with. And, you know... I know MK was talking, and we were trying to see about having Sam Adonis return for the Rumble, but he's going to be booked in Mexico. But uh, MK is, is making it a point to get Sam Adonis out here more. And he moved to Houston, Texas, so it's a little easier. I always know the, uh, the flight arrangements from Pittsburgh was always not, not good. Right. It was always, you know, a real difficult flight. But, you know, Sam had hit me up. You know, he's looking, wants to come out here more. So he's definitely a guy that we would definitely want around. Tremendous. Okay. And, you know, building that MK army. MK is going to be here for the long haul, you know. And Juicy and Toa became tag team champions pretty quickly. And I feel uh, Hero has really taken off. And since that, 
And, and whether it's all MK or it's not forced to be in the tag with with with, with Shogun, because as good as they were early, sometimes you outgrow your your partner. Sure. You know, all that with Matt Vandegrift and and Damian Drake. You know, they're they're good now, and they're okay teaming once in a while. They're looking to do their own thing. They don't want to be burdened to be in the tag team. And that's why tag teams usually don't last because most of the time the tag teams kind of come together. Sometimes they're put together like Royce and Jarrell. Well, they were put together and all their success honestly came from being together. So they probably still have a a good time in each other to, to run as the tag team, but they're also getting better. And you would think, you know, you look at Royce, he's totally different dude than when we had him two, three years ago. Yeah. Four years ago. It's been a while. It was probably before the pandemic. That's right, when they were our champs initially. Right. So I could see those guys wanting to do their own thing. Yeah, they could be in Team Filthy. and But look at Limelight. Like, he'll tag with them, but he's kind of doing his own thing. So... As I said at the Rumble, you know, you it, it, it's placement. You know, to be honest, Limelight at number one, uh, he's going to have to go through some of the best in FSW history regardless. Hero Lou doesn't. He's right. number three. There, there's no doubt that he, if you're making betting odds before the show, you have to take into consideration because generally you don't know where anybody else is going to be. But when you know a guy's 30, he's got to have better odds than the guy who's going to be one or two that you already know they're one or two. Right. You know, Danny Limelight wants to win. He's got to get by Hero, Shogun, Hammerstone, Bay, Graves, Remy, uh, you know, Bateman. Sky's the limit. Jimmy Jack. It doesn't matter. You got to get through every single person that's there. They will be, you will be in the ring with everybody in the rumble. While here may, may walk in and there could be 10 guys left or he could walk in and there's five guys left. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a good position to be in. Yeah. You know, and you know, class and Cruz and, and Devin Reno are going to work together. You know, if it's Fresco, Watson, and Kenny, they're going to work together. You know, we can see the finger point of doom if Kenny King wins the uh, championship. Or do we not? Or does Kenny want to solidify his spot as the number one guy in the faction? Yeah. You know, and be careful what you wish for. And there's also a certain briefcase that is still floating out there. There is. So Matt Vandergriff has the briefcase. So Matt Vandergriff could not win because he won last year. Right. You know, he shocked the world beating uh, Toa. Yeah. Many people thought Toa was going to was gonna run the gauntlet and go out and, and people were looking forward, you know, because a few months back we had that match set. And unfortunately uh, – AEW came into play and Hammerstone and Toa didn't happen. So we have yet to see that match. And I can go on record, unfortunately, Toa will not be there. 
uh, because he, I can now say, will be in Japan working the New Japan Tag Tournament, uh, which was funny when I was talking with Lance Hoyt. He had just heard about it uh, like the day before. I'm like, yeah, he messaged me last month because we were trying to get him for the Rumble. I tried to get Lance to do a run-in on uh, the Halloween show, but he was leaving early early, early Monday morning, uh, early Sunday morning. He was telling uh. That that would have been probably the most surprising uh, battle royal entrance. Uh, yep, and our final participant. <laughs> don't don't even tell the kids. Just have them have yeah. that man show up. That way we would have ended that match in thirty seconds. Could <laughs> have tossed everybody. <laughs> Legitimate, <laughs> just, just legitimately threw people out. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I love Lance. One of the nicest guys I've ever met, inside or outside of the wrestling business. You know, comes over. You know, first thing, hey Joe, how's it going? Like, always been the nicest guy. You know, and as I said, there, there's a few guys that stand out. A lot of great dudes that I've dealt with, but. I always tell people, Lance ain't the nicest wrestler I've met. He's like the nicest person I met. Yeah. And just always a good dude. Good to see he's getting the thing in AEW, but it's disappointing. Even when you got Jake the Snake Roberts as your manager putting this guy over as this guy should be a champion. And I'll be the first one to tell you, when we used him in Arizona, I was like, Lance Hoyt, who gives a shit? Like, I remember Shelton Benjamin was like, oh, we can have him work Matt Hardy. I'm like, Matt Hardy? Why wouldn't we want to have Lance Hoyt work Matt Hardy? Because I was thinking of the Lance Hoyt and the Rock and Rave connection in TNA. Yep. Even though I know he was starting to do some stuff, and that was the only reason we I, I was like, okay, I knew him and Harry Smith, the Killer Elite Squad, were starting to do some good stuff. But this was back 2014-ish. So they were just starting to get a little bit of a run. And I was like, okay. And then after I met him, it was like, Hey, bro, love to have you in FSW. And it was just like, he was such a good dude. And he was such a professional. Yeah. And he, he, he was green as green can be back in the uh, TNA days. So yeah. look at that. Now I understood why the Killer Elite Squad were two badasses and their tag team was over huge in Japan. And yeah. unfortunately, Lance never got that U.S. run to where... And it was like, it looked like he might get an AEW. And he's a monster. And it's like, man, like all he is is being brought in to be to put over people. And it's disappointing because when you like somebody and you and you see how talented they are, you you want to see the best for them. Yeah. And, and it's like, here's a guy who was so underutilized that, you know, it's not funny. Love to have Lance back at FSW. Well, hopefully. Uh... And our other good buddy, Simon Gotts, now with the Vaudevillians. I know uh, uh, there's inklings of the Vaudevillians versus the uh, former 1%. Well, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure uh, Matt and Simon would uh, fit in perfectly to, uh, uh, you know, maybe that's maybe that's a Mecca match right there. 
It could be, you know, again, Simon Gotch, another one of my favorite people that I've dealt with. You know, he had kind of a bad rep when I first met him and coming in, and I'm like, wow, this guy is fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's interesting, too, because uh, you, you kind of said it about Lance, and that is um, – Sometimes it's just that timing of when you're in the WWE and you just might be, you know, uh, green when you get that shot and might not get a lot of time and get released fairly quickly. Yeah, um, he, he, he didn't really get much of an opportunity there. No. And no. He, he's another guy you would think, hey, this guy's like six foot eight, legit. He's a bad motherfucker. You know, you would think that would have been a Vince guy, like we used to say about Cross. Like, and once he gets there, sky's the limit. Or, or or the uh, leather head piece was the limit. You know, well, you know, hopefully the rumors are true. There's, you know, the rumors are that Cross is in line for a big push. But it was like, well, he was also in line for a big push when he first came back. Right. It kind of didn't go anywhere, yeah. you know. As, as good as Solo Sokoa and you know L.A. Knight were, I would have never thought that he would not be at the level that those guys are at. Right? Because you know, got John Cena. What the fuck? L.A. Knight's got the main event at Saudi Arabia. It's like wow, that 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 is that is crazy. Yeah. They never crossed paths in WWE and FSW, uh, Sefa and, and no, because because uh, Ricker was uh, in Impact at that time, pretty much the whole time. Sefa well, we used, we we used him when he was in Impact, and then he went to NWA, and then and then then it started being priced out. Yeah, but right. you know, when he came, when Ricker came back. After the the failed first time in WWE, uh, that's when he became our champion. Right. For the second time. Right. Because the first time he was leaving two weeks after he won the title. And then he then he ended up losing it uh, two days before he went to WWE. Was it, and that's, that's when he literally lost the belt, right? Is that just... <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great angle? Just you know that someone got signed and they just they didn't lose it in a match. They just lost the belt like at the airport. Well, it wouldn't be good for me <laughs> to go buy another one. <laughs> what the hell? Why, why would that be good? You know, like when Austin throws it in the uh, in the lake in the river instead of actually putting over the rock. <laughs> well, hey man. You could do a Lake Mead angle nowadays, where you throw it in Lake Mead and it will. Research. And then in ten years, in ten years, you'll see it because the water level will be so low, you'll be able to find the belt. <laughs> and that's and that's then that's when you put both belts on a uh, uh, hanging above the ring and and do a ladder match for the true champion. <laughs> well, we did that once. We did that in a steel cage ladder match with Matt Hardy and Karrion Cross. It was one of my brilliant ideas to pull a UFC and do an interim championship. Yeah. <laughs> and then, again, I liked the idea. It didn't get over real well. <laughs> it happens. 
Well, on that note, everyone, uh, remember to uh, keep your eyes peeled here uh, for um, the 19th of November. Uh, and uh, is it uh, 5 o'clock start or 6 o'clock start? For uh, luck of the draw, 5 yeah. p.m. 5 p.m. So 5 p.m. Pacific, you can still get your tickets, of course. I uh, got a little time to get tickets here. And, uh, of course, if you are out of town, uh, you can watch on Fight Plus. And uh, it is one of the, uh, one of the like you said, bigger events. Uh, and you get a chance to uh, – I mean, rumbles are awesome because of the fact that almost anything can happen and just seeing the entrances and who's next and the surprises are always some of the most fun. Um, yeah. I'm still working on surprises. The more surprises I get, the less of the uh, younger uh, talent gets to be on the show, but I am throwing, I here's a uh, spoiler alert. I'm bandying the thought of, introducing a faction like the billionaire boys club and all three come out at once so technically it's not 30 i can go to 32 or 33 that's not that's not a bad idea yeah i don't think anyone you know what i'm ever, saying i think it might yeah. be a decent idea now jimmy jack and chase bell come out together right and now they get to work together yeah, and I don't think put as many as you want in there. Yeah, and if you got uh, if Ken, it is in, luck of the draw. So now you draw, and maybe it's a luck of the draw. Maybe we do it one time, right? That we spin the wheel and we put the faction, we put the billionaire boys club, we put. Jimmy Jack and and Chase Bell, maybe established tag teams, and we spin the wheel, and one time, multiple people come out based on their affiliation. Yeah, I like that idea. That's uh, that's actually that's again innovative because I've never I've never seen it done. So that would be interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a good that's a good way to get um, to get you know thirty three guys on as opposed to you know and a lot of times you know there's there's that one or two guys who we know are surprises or come in for just a little bit and they're going to get eliminated anyway. Um, so I think that that would be interesting because we. You, you always see if it, it's always, you know, someone comes in seven and then someone comes in eight or someone comes in seven and nine or seven and ten. But I remember back in the day it was what? Uh, Axe and Smash came out one and two. One and two, right. When they started against each other, right. And then it's like, ooh, you know, the, the, the idea that these guys are tag team partners and they've never faced each other. Um... So yeah, that's that's an interesting idea. So again, innovative uh, things coming out of Las Vegas. Yeah, gotta try to shake some things up. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Until next week, see you guys then.